One of the best ways to keep up with church life is through the City Life app. The City Life app enables you to listen to messages from Sunday, explore the Bible while listening to messages, stay up to date with church life through our Connect section, and much more. Download the City Life app in the App Store or Google Play Store today. Welcome to the City Life podcast. We're all about making Jesus known. We pray these messages will help equip you to become a follower of Jesus who is empowered to influence and shape culture. Enjoy the message. As you're having your seat, I want you to get your Bibles if you have them, along with your Bible apps or your notebook. Write a few things down. Um, and uh, open your Bible up to the book of Esther, chapter number 4. Esther 4, it's in the Old Testament. It's a really, really cool book of the Bible. While, while you're turning there, you know, it's just, it's, it's just um, interesting the day and age we live in. I, uh, uh, my, my wife brought something home, and she said, oh, I got some new toothpaste for us because we were out of toothpaste. <laughs> That's cool. I, you know, I always, it's kind of nice having toothpaste around the house. And so she brought us some new toothpaste, and, and I looked at it. I was like, well, this is cool. It's my magic mud whitening toothpaste, and it cleans, polishes, whitens, and detoxes your teeth with activated, activated charcoal, fluoride-free toothpaste, has coconut oil, and bentonite clay. Peppermint. No fluoride, no foaming, no foaming agents, no triclosan. You guys all know what that is. No GMO and no glycerin. I mean, there's nothing in this. And so I was like, well, this sounds great. I, you know, I hope it works. Well, I, 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 I'm, I'm, you know, I like some of these, you know, th- I like, I understand what coconut oil is. You know, we use that. I, I understand what charcoal is. I use that. So, so I put it out, but I mean, it's black. It is, it is black, black. And so I'm putting it onto my toothbrush and I mean, and I, I'm brushing my teeth, and then I like spit, and it's just like black. I think, this is so scary. It, it, I don't know if I like this or not. Got to the end of the whole deal, and man, my, my mouth teeth felt fresh, you know. You can buy some for me for only $29.99. But anyway, but, but then I, I, I told her, I was just like, I like this, but there's no way I'm going to put this in my gym bag and, and you know, go to the gym and be brushing my teeth like this. People, people think I'm crazy. And they probably would and all that kind of stuff. And I get stones thrown at me. Oh, you're the weird pastor here. Hold that. Do not take it. That's mine. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, I was kind of thinking it's, that's how it is with, with being, a, being a believer sometimes. We think that it was, it's so wonderful, so good what it does for us. Yet, uh, you know, on the other hand, we certainly don't want to be seen with it. And, uh, you know, toothpaste is a little different. I, I still am not going to take that stuff and put it in my gym bag. I'm going to use it at home. But the truth is, is that I'm just asking you to live life to its fullest for Jesus. And don't be ashamed of the name of Jesus, because He loves you greatly. And today, I pray that His love will be obvious to you. Well, I saw a movie a few weeks ago um, called Darkest Hour about Winston Churchill. You guys see that? I'm a history buff. I love, love, love history. Uh, Especially if you mix history and a a good war story. I, I love it. Well, Winston Churchill is kind of like a personal hero of mine, and you know, he, he was a, I, I, know, I know a story, and I wish they would have gone into more depth in his story of how he really was not as much loved as it appeared to be in that, uh, in that movie, but, but you know, he was a rather stout man, and he was, he was mocked, really, for most of his life, uh, and just belittled, but through a strange sequence of events, he was elected as a prime minister of Britain. And this is just a few days before they moved into World War II with Germany. And, and, and we know history. He led his nation uh, like a hero. 
I mean, he, was, he became, he is a modern hero. <laughs> Interestingly enough, though, this modern hero was literally voted out of office just a few weeks after the war was over. Uh, nobody ever talks about his successor, though, but everyone knows Winston Churchill. Why? It's because he was born for that position at that time. He was born for greatness. His past didn't matter. His future didn't matter. But he is a modern hero as a result. And I want to talk to you today about being born for greatness. Some of you, you feel discouraged and beat down and frustrated. Others of you, you're hurt. Maybe you're wounded. Some of you here, you might not even feel like you're good enough. And today I want to expose that lie. Because you know you were born for greatness? It's true. I mean, if you've made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, then God has predestined you to be a great and notable person. And I mean that. See, there's no one else quite like you, and you are very important in God's grand scheme of things. And, and your life is intended to be a blessing to many people, whether you feel it, believe it, think it or not right now. That's why I'm telling you today that it is time to live. If you walked in this morning, if you looked down at the mat, you saw it says it's time to live. And that's what we're saying all year long. It's time to live because your life counts and you were born for greatness. See, the scriptures tell us that in Jesus, we have life to the full. Now, that's not a halfway life. It's not life like I talked last week about a, in a comfortable casket. No, it's life to the full. And what does full mean? Full just means full. <laughs> you know, when you're full, you spill over and, and, and whatever's in you is going to come out and that's, that's Jesus. It's going to splash onto others. Jesus said it well. He's in John 10, 10. He says, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. And Jesus didn't call you and rescue you to make uh, your life better and, and just so that you can be happy. No, you're actually blessed to not just enjoy it yourself. You are actually blessed to be a blessing. You are blessed to be a blessing. So you see, you have purpose. Every one of us does. Okay. Now, the Bible tells us this, that, that Abraham is like our spiritual father, and we have been adopted into Abraham's family. So, whatever blessings were spoken over Abraham are the blessings for us as well, because we have been adopted into his family. God said to Abraham, he said, I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. See, it's God's plan to bless you with life to the full. God said it to Father Abraham. He said, I will bless you, and you will be a blessing. So you were born for greatness, and it's time to live it, guys. You look in Esther chapter 4, verse 11. Love the story. It's an amazing story. It's just an incredible book of the Bible. If you've never read it, you should just go sit down this afternoon and read it. Amazing story. It's part of the life of King Xerxes. Uh, many of you know King Xerxes, not from the Bible, but really from the story of his army that was defeated at Thermopylae by the Spartans when they attempted to take Greece. Uh, you guys seen the movie 300? Okay, that's it. So that's Xerxes, okay? Uh, he was not a cartoon man. He was real. Well, but he was also a very intense and easily angered type of man. Uh, and nobody crossed Mr. Xerxes. Well, one day, uh, King Xerxes, his wife, uh, his queen, she, she disobeyed him. And he got angry, and he just got rid of her. He's just, just, I'm getting rid of you. And so what he did is he commanded that the most beautiful girls in all of the kingdom be brought together <clears throat> so that a new queen 
could be chosen from among them. And, and among these, I mean, it's kind of like uh, the, the ancient version of the original version of The Bachelor. I mean, that's really, really what it was. I mean, and so, so, so all these girls were lined up, and, and one of these girls was actually Esther. Now, Esther was a Jewish girl, and she found favor and sympathy of the king above all of the other girls. And so this is actually, you know, she eventually becomes the queen, and, you know, he goes to take Greece. And then we see 300, but we don't even know who the, but... Esther's the girl there, okay? So eventually, the king chose Esther to be the queen. He placed the crown on her head, and, but she never revealed her family background, which would have caused a problem. You see, because the Jews weren't well thought of. They were God's people. And after she was chosen, um, some problems developed. You see, Esther's personal coach, uh, kind of like her advisor, even in an, like an adopted father in a sense, Mordecai, uh, he was a Jewish man also. He heard about this plot that was forming in the palace to destroy the Jews. And uh, what it was is there was this key assistant to the king, uh, basically the second in command, and his name was Haman, H-A-M-A-N. And he conceived this anti-Semitic plot, and he received the king's approval to exterminate the Jews. I mean, this was like the original extermination plan. And so, so what happened is Mordecai told Queen Esther about the plot. And he insisted, you, know, you need to use your influence because of your position. And you need to boldly go into the throne room of the king and beg for mercy for the Jews and for yourself. You, you see, God had predestined Esther to be there. She was born for greatness, even though she came from the wrong family and she had came from the wrong country and wrong background. See, she was blessed to be a blessing. Now, the problem with this is there was a huge hurdle because the law regarding this says that the, the entrance to the throne room, uh, nobody can go in there unless they're invited by the king, and even Queen Esther had to obey that. And so uh, you look at this in Esther chapter 4, verse 11. You'll, you'll follow along with the story with me. Esther 4, 11 says, All the king's officials and the people of the royal provinces know that for any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court without being summoned, the king has but one law that he be put to death. So it was the law. It wasn't even just his explosive anger. The only exception to this is for the king to extend the gold scepter to him, whoever walks in, and to spare their life. So, of course, I mean, she was reluctant to take action because she's like, if I go in there, I'm going to be put to death and, and you know, going into the inner court of the king. But, but and, and the thing is, Xerxes has a reputation, doesn't he? She knows that reputation. Everyone does. But God had elevated this Jewish girl from the wrong town, from the wrong country, from the wrong family, and God placed her in a position of influence so she could win favor with the king. See, God blessed her to be a blessing. It's a greater purpose for her than to just simply enjoy the atmosphere, um, the perks of the position, the fine foods and banquets and the powder rooms and the elegant palace and the exquisite social events that came along with being the queen. See, she was placed there by God to literally save a nation. Fortunately, Mordecai had wisdom. Now, uh, he, he gave her this advice, and it's in chapter 4, verse 13, basically letting her know, hey, you know, uh, if, you, uh, you, if, if you don't do this, you're going, you're going to be killed anyway. <laughs> so here's what he says. He says, do not think that just... That, that because you are in the king's house, that you alone of all the Jews will escape. But 
For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance from the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to royal position for such a time as this. I believe everyone in here, you've been called to where you are and what you're doing for a time like this, and you may not see it or even understand it, but there's purpose. See, Mordecai encouraged her to develop confidence in, in God and in herself and to approach the king and to go right before him. And, and she did. And, and the interesting story, it, it all pans out incredibly through a sequence of events. Haman's plot to destroy the Jews was exposed. The king exploded. He went livid. And, and, and he thought that, that, that Haman was trying to kill the king and even rape her. And so, I mean, he's like, don't make Xerxes angry, you know? You know what they did? Is they took Haman out and they publicly impaled him on a pole right out in front of the palace. And what happened is the Jewish people were set free from that law demanding that all the Jews be killed. It was supposed to go into effect the next day. In Esther 8.11, it says, The king's edict granted Jews in every city the right to assemble and protect themselves. They could destroy, kill, and, and, and uh, annihilate any armed force or of any nationality or, or province that might attack them, their women or their children, and they can plunder the property of their enemies. That's how the law turned around in a day. See, because she owned the opportunity, she owned it, she released joy to all the Jews, and, and uh, people even came to faith as a result of this. In chapter 8, verse 11, look, it says, In every province and in every city, wherever the edict of the king went, there was joy and gladness among the Jews. There was feasting and there was celebrating. In fact, they still celebrate it to this day. It's called Purim. It's a, it's a Hebrew feast. And it says, And many people of other nationalities became Jews because the fear of the Jews had seized them. A little Jewish girl with the wrong background, wrong family, wrong country, she was blessed then to be a blessing. She was born for greatness, and you're born for greatness too, and I'm just saying it's time to live it. Because as it was with Esther, it's the same for you today. You are born again to become great and remarkable, and whoever you were before being born again has no significance. You have a new identity because you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. God found you. God forgave your sins. God delivered you from the power of the devil. And God transferred you into his kingdom. And he predestined you to, to, to experience all this from the beginning of time. Hey, God's hand is on you. It's for such a time as this. January 2018. This location. Fort Worth. See, initially, Esther's uh, faith wasn't strong enough to walk up to the king to intercede for the freedom of her people, but it took some faith-building words of Mordecai who spoke the word of God, he spoke the truth of God with boldness, and then that stirred up her faith, and then she took action. The words of him, it, it was actually what you would say, it would be the word of God just, just got inside of her, and she says, I'm going to go ahead and take action. And, and that's why I say with, with church, it's not God's plan for you just to come and hear a sermon and maybe give an offering and read a couple books or something because you're eventually going to feel dissatisfied. You're over, going to be overcome with fear and lack of confidence in yourself because it's more than just religious formalities. It's hearing it, receiving it, and doing it. See, that's actually where this thing comes in called faith. 
faith. See, Esther needed faith, and you and I do too. See, faith, what it is, it is being, I love this, it's being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you don't even see. Faith is this critical element for greatness. It is. It is the critical element. It's to believe and to be sure of what you're hoping for, to be certain of what you can't see because you are born for greatness and it's time to live it. See, faith, what it will do is it will catapult you into the future that God predetermined you to experience. And, and God will be pleased with you when you do that. A lot of people think, well, uh, God, you know, he's, he's pleased with people when they have perfection. And, and so they, they try real hard, but they keep failing. It's like, oh, my goodness, you know, this, this just feels like, like I, just like I was in school or, or maybe with my parents. I can never, ever get it right. But see, God isn't that way. Faith is what pleases God. The Bible says without faith, it is literally impossible to please God. Did you catch that? If you don't have faith, God can't answer your prayers. Did you know that? You will not fulfill your mandate of greatness without faith that's why for me it's like i'm just going to keep giving with faith i'm going to keep loving with faith i'm going to keep believing the best about others i'm going to keep taking action on the future and you should too because you were born for greatness and it's time to live it out because faith demands action you see like i talked about last week dead people can't take action can they no but if you're living, you can and you must because faith is completed by taking action. James 2.17 says, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead, which is the opposite of life. So get out of your death box, take some faith-motivated action, and the truth is you already know what that action is because it's already put deep in your heart. God has already revealed it to you. It's like, but that? Yes, that. How do you know what that is, Tim? I don't. You do. You're born for greatness. It's time to live it. And what God's word does, even in this atmosphere, it begins to stir your faith so that you will take action. Believe that you count and take action on it. For me, as a pastor, I mean, there are a lot of different areas. And, you know, it could be my family. It could be just my personal life. It could be this church. But for this church, you know, I believe soon there's going to be a day when there will be over 1,000 people attending our weekend services. I'm also praying that 500 people will make the decision to follow Jesus Christ this year. That's part of my vision for this year. And, 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 and I believe that. I believe that. But what am I doing at the same time is I'm doing things, everything possible right now to prepare for it. I'm not sitting and just waiting. Well, I hope it happens. No, I'm acting on my faith, which means I'm focusing my efforts to achieve what I believe that God has in store for your church and for this city. Let me tell you guys, that is how to live, and you can do it too. Jewish people, they, they remained in slavery and in bondage as long as Esther was not sure about acting on her faith, and she was afraid to take action. No action really means no faith, which means you're in the box. Catch that? There was no change in circumstances because there was no real faith. There was no life. Say, for example, you, you, you can't just say, well, I'm going to be a successful man or a successful woman and, and use that to, to touch and influence other people. But no, really, what you have to do, start off with, is like, you just need to begin to search for a job. And it's like, well, which job? Well, any job will work. I, I mean, I remember, like, like even, through, even through college, <clears throat> I worked nights. That was not the best thing to do, working all night, stocking shelves in a grocery store and going to school during the day. That wasn't fun, and I, I, I hated it. 
But you know what? Even if your job has nothing to do with your destiny or your dream, do it honestly and be a blessing to your boss even if you don't like him or her. (laughs) That'll preach right there. And then you'll begin to find your own frustration easing away because you know that God has his hand on you regardless of what it looks like right now and doors are going to begin to open up for your future. You can't just say you're going to be successful and someday you're going to make millions to support God's work. No, you actually have to start walking in excellence now in every area of your life. You need to, you need to involve yourself in business activities and you need to study the business culture. You, you need to build relationships with other successful business people to learn from them and learn leadership learn management and take some risks and draw up a plan and implement it see and just do this make this model something that i train my kids one of the first scriptures they learn every one of my boys is this is i can do everything through him who gives me strength it's him so the future is now your purpose is unfolding and be sure that god did not bring you this far god didn't just bring you into his kingdom for no real purpose he brought you and he brought me with a specific assignment for us even though you may not know what it is just like it was with esther because you were born for greatness and it's time to live it oh but pastor you don't understand i mean there's this huge mountain in front of me and it's big and it's just gonna scare me well jesus says have faith in god and if anyone says to this mountain be removed and go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt it when he says it and he believes that will happen it will be done for him oh but you don't understand i mean the nature of my request what i've been praying for is so huge and it's big and i isn't gonna work well jesus says this because that's how you do it you know jesus says this whatever you whatever you ask wait to say whatever you ask for in prayer believe you have received it and it will be yours the bible can't lie jesus said this my goodness i mean nothing can resist or withhold your faith when it's exercised did you know that the scriptures even agree with the laws of physics? Whoa! You know, one of the laws of physics is this, is that, and those of you who, who are, you know, you're building airplanes or whatever, you know, you understand this, is, is that, uh, here it is, I have to read it though, it, says, it states that in order to cause a stationary object to move, force must be applied, right? Well, in the spiritual realm, that's faith. Faith is the force. It causes, it stimulates, and it initiates action. I love physics and I love faith. See, God sent Mordecai to Esther to stimulate her faith to action. And bam, that force took off. So get around people of faith. You know, Get into a church where faith is being preached and taught because faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word of Christ. And, and that, that, that's another important reason why we should always take church as something serious, not a perfunctory obligation. See, that's why we come here and we take notes and we listen intently and God begins speaking and downloading specific action items for you. In fact, you should be able to leave church with two or three or four things every time that God wants you to act on and you know it's from God. I mean, for some of you, even like around here, you just go over there and study that next steps wheel and decide what is my next step that I'm going to take just to get more into the plan of God for my life because you were born for greatness and now it's time to live it. So thank God that you're unique. You're a one-of-a-kind man or a one-of-a-kind woman. You are called by God for a specific purpose on this earth and in this city and you were born for greatness. 
Psalm 139. Oh, I love it. It says, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know them full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. God loves you. Your best is yet to come. Your future awaits. Your purpose will be fulfilled. Your faith and your action will get you out of that death spiral and you're going to make it happen because you were born for greatness. And I'm telling you guys, now it's time to live it. The destiny that you have has been determined by the Lord and, and, it's, and it's going to cause your faith to grow. And when our faith grows and we take action, we're not displeasing God anymore because I'm going to tell you guys, you're not anymore that victim of abuse. You are not that statistic of neglect. You are not the loser that you keep telling yourself. You need to stop the negative self-talk because it's beating you down and keeping you from taking action because your life counts and it's up to you to jump in and do it. Jesus says, I have come that you may have a life and have it to the full. Things may not look all that great right now but there's hope there's hope john 3 16 one of the most quoted verses in all the scriptures tells us that god so loved the world yeah, that world doesn't mean the ground of the earth it means the ethnos of people i love it that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but will have everlasting, eternal life. And verse 17 goes on to say, listen to this, this is important. Because there's this misconception about God that He's after you, He's chasing you to chase you down and beat you up. I hear way too many in our culture talking about that. I don't know where they get that from. Because, that's <laughs> because the Scripture says in John 3, 17, God did not send Jesus into this world to condemn the world. Did you hear that? God did not send Jesus to condemn you. He didn't send Jesus to condemn you, but to save the world through Him. In Jesus' life, in Jesus, is eternity. You may have been condemned by others and put down by your peers. Maybe your mom and dad made you feel like you were never good enough. Maybe it's been really tough today to even believe what I've been telling you that you were born for greatness but I'm exposing the lie today they were wrong they maybe didn't mean it in fact they were probably just acting out of their own pain and insecurities but you cannot let those feelings of worthlessness those words of, 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 of pain and those emotions and those memories to keep you beat down continually telling you you're not good enough no 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 it's time to live and you were born for greatness if jesus himself is not out to get you then who is he died for you so you could have eternal life today we're participating in holy communion which is when we remember what jesus did for us and how he loves us unconditionally
At City Life Church, we practice open communion, which means you don't have to be a member to participate in communion, nor does it equal anything else except it's just being part of the family of God. If you're part of the family of God, I want you to receive this and I want you to enjoy it. I want you just to absorb everything that God is and remember what He did for you. But first, before we have communion, I'd like for us to pray. And I don't want any movement for these next few moments. Because maybe you're here today and you've never really surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. Possibly you're in a place where you've drifted from relationship with God. And if you want to know this Jesus that I talk about and you want a new beginning, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond. Simply respond by lifting your hand. Knowing this is that Jesus loves you more than you can imagine. He died for you so that your sin could be forgiven and so that you can live. And I'm telling you, friend, it is time to live. If you'd like to be included in this closing prayer and surrender your life totally to Jesus, the count of three, I'm going to ask that you lift your hand so I can connect my faith with yours. Will you please? One, two, three. Just lift your hand. Lift your hand so I can connect my faith with yours and we'll pray together today. Thank you. Here's what I'd like for us to do. I would like for you, along with this entire body of believers, if you lifted your hand, to pray these words with me right now. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sin. I believe you're the Son of God. Please forgive my sin. Today I give up my past, and I embrace the future that I was born to live. Thank you for new hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from City Life Church. You can keep in touch with what is coming this season through social media and our City Life app. And Sunday, our favorite day of the week is on its way. We hope to see you at City Life.